What, what, what's the name of the show? Welcome to another edition of Within WordPress Podcast. On this show today, we have Mario Peshev. Um, Mario, can you please introduce yourself a little bit to everyone uh, not familiar with you? Hey, Ramkos. Uh, first off, thanks for having me. My, my intro is pretty pretty hybrid. I tend to adapt myself to different situations, and I've done so over the past 20-something years. I built my first static website back in 1999. Since then, I transitioned to a freelancer, WordPress developer, consultant, digital consultant, business advisor, serial entrepreneur, and a bunch of different things. I'm well known with founding Devrix, uh, top 20 WordPress agency worldwide some 13 years ago. And yep. I've been dealing with a lot of other crazy stuff uh, in between. And something that people don't know is that about 10 or 11 years ago, I was asking you some questions like, what, what's the meaning of management and how does marketing work and so forth? So I can attribute some of that glory to yourself personally. I can probably find some email threads back in the day. <laughs> That's funny. I'd forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we go back a little while. No way. It's probably, what, 12 years, give or take? Maybe more. Uh, probably, yeah. Time yeah. flies. Let's say you were younger, so it's just just as much. I, yeah, I, I was younger, and uh, but I, you know, I look better now. Uh, I feel better now, <laughs> and I'm, uh, you know, I'm trying to see the positive side of uh, of getting older. Um, but uh, yeah, so you've been. Uh, I, I would say you uh, sort of under you're sort of underselling yourself because uh, you're quite active uh, inside of a lot of different things in the WordPress community, though uh, Defrix is, the, uh, is, your, um, is your company, but you do a lot more in terms of uh, content and stuff you put out there on Twitter. And uh, I think mm. you publish at uh, uh, Forbes and uh, what, what, what are some other? Uh, uh, I, I, have a, I have a column in Forbes and Entrepreneur and a few other places that are not as popular. And they also have lots of content across Inc. Magazine, business.com, yeah. small business insights. and uh, Right. So you're, you're quite prolific in, in the, the type of content you, uh, you pump out. Um, um, one of the things that uh, I found very interesting uh, in, um, in, in, the, in the stuff that you put out there was, uh, was a tweet uh, not too long ago about the uh it's hard to capsulate it in one sentence but roughly uh the challenges uh e-commerce has in our space whether that is woo whether that is big commerce what is that whether that is uh shopify or you know there's there's a lot happening uh in that space in that market from layoffs to innovations to ai and every everything in between. And uh, you most certainly seem to have an opinion about it. So um, let's start with the first question. So uh, you are servicing clients. And mm -hmm. what kind of uh, e-commerce solutions are you using for your clients? Sure. So Devrix is primarily a WordPress agency. And uh, the main thing we sell are WordPress retainers. However, the way we structure that is... Uh, WordPress, well, retainers for businesses primarily using WordPress and business consultancy and technical partnerships for businesses primarily using WordPress. 
That mm -hmm. doesn't mean that everything we do is WordPress. You know, we have uh, different platforms with microservices, with uh, tools written in Go, in Python, you know, some deployment yep. automation tools in Ruby and so on and so on and so on. Um, so we have, for instance, we have some publishers uh, running their, uh, you know, main publishing website in WordPress and then running a commerce in BigCommerce or Shopify or, you know, Sometimes it's kind of a self-hosted thing like open cart or show. And we are yep. managing or maintaining a uh, portion of that stuff. Uh, so it's it's a pretty diverse mix, especially with larger brands, you know, that every and, and that's probably something that many people outside of the WordPress community don't know, is but the larger the business, the more diverse their technical stack. Uh, for sure. Like one example is we work with um, you know, one of the largest well, the most popular screencasting software for tutorials and, and like video tutorials and that kind of stuff. They have like over 30 million installs. Their main two set, their main website is in ASP.NET, but their entire like blogging network is kind of WordPress, right? Same goes yeah. for Microsoft. Microsoft and Skype's blogs are in WordPress. We don't manage them, but just as an example, are in WordPress, even though Microsoft has invented C Sharp and the .NET framework, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. That level of diversity gives us access and insights and intel into lots of different tools and systems. And we've also worked closely with some clients that uh, specialize in, in in these ecosystems as well. Yeah. So if there's a, if there's a sort of a mix that you can define, like um, how much are you touching WooCommerce versus other stuff? Is there... I'd say that mm -hmm, WooCommerce is probably the, leading the charts. Uh, Shopify is next. Um, and then there's kind of a mix of like other systems from Magento and OpenCard through BigCommerce through yeah. any other like self-driven uh, type of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm always intrigued by um, uh, uh, companies uh, focusing on multiple tech stacks at the same time, uh, which uh, which seems which sounds like is is what you're doing. Um, so how how is that? How do you um, how do you find clients that are, uh, no, let me rephrase. How is How do the clients uh, pick you when their tech stack is so diverse, it's not necessarily a WordPress company? How does that, how do you make yourself stand out? So like, this is the extra thing that we're doing. Nobody else does it. This is why you pick us. How, do, how does that happen? Sure. So first off, I want to draw the line between you know, just offering multiple things by default versus offering WordPress solutions. Um, mm -hmm. We actually do the latter, but building a strong technical relationship and trust and partnership with a client <clears throat> usually exposes us to other tools and systems they have. So yeah. it's it's usually the other way around, so to speak. We definitely don't advertise ourselves as oh, okay. like a BPO. Like that's, yeah. <clears throat> we cannot afford that. We are, I know, like 45 people or something. I don't know. And we like, it, it's unrealistic to provide the level of expertise and and you know multiple people for every stack and that kind of stuff, right? I would I would I would think so. Yeah, hence the yeah. question. Uh, well, so yeah, we don't promote that per se, um, and that's again. So there, it's a twofold question. The first part is we normally sign a client with our WordPress expertise. They love the way we work. We communicate. We plan. We strategize, and they work with like you know. 30 different agencies for different things to use. 
So yeah. sometimes, you know, we take over their marketing work. Sometimes we take over their .NET platform or their, you know, Go microservices or something out there, AWS infrastructure. And that's kind of how we, uh, you know, take over certain pieces of the stack. Um, right. So th that's first first and foremost, that's kind of the, the execution road forward. And second, in terms of expertise, the, the fact that we specialize in high-scale, high-profile solutions means that it's necessary for us to work with, engineers and engineers yeah. are rarely constrained to a single stack they normally do i don't know mobile apps in android or objective c or they build their own tools in python because it connects better to tensorflow for ai or they do yeah. python again for machine learning so like there are different solutions solved better or kind of getting more adoption with different tools and that's kind of how you get exposure to that like one okay. example is like uh, you know shopify is one of the tools like shopify is in ruby on rails and it's a completely different infrastructure but we used capistrano for deployments 11 years ago capistrano is also ruby driven so some of our deployment systems are in ruby and people who have been deployment been building deployment tools and recipes for a while are very well versed in ruby and you know, yeah. they've also taken courses and, and so forth. So, like, normally we have people with additional expertise and those people interested in just exploring new tech and, and spending, like, splitting their time between different technologies. Right. Yeah, so that makes sense. I uh, I, I understand better now how that works because I think in, in a way that's what it how it works for most. I think uh, mm. you are probably focusing more diverse uh, compared to others. So... Um, the, the the tweet that uh, that you send out that uh, I'll 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 add it to the description of this podcast. Uh, but the tweet that you sent out was um, you mentioning a few things happening in in um, uh, I'm tempted to call it big commerce, but that's also uh, uh, <laughs> one of the providers. But uh, like in the larger scale of e-commerce, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, right? There's there's AI, mm -hmm. there is uh, there's obviously a recession going on. Hmm. Um, uh, can you like give me your uh, highlight of where you think the what's what's happening in e-commerce that uh, you find the most like threatening? Like what's what's really something we should worry about? Hmm. That's that's a pretty broad and complex question. But but let me. I'm going to take it a, a step back and just provide some context. So sure. first off, uh, back when we decided as an agency to focus on WordPress, my background was in engineering and my background was in Java enterprise development, right? Uh, yep. Talking about telecoms and banks and that kind of stuff. So penetrating the WordPress space was only possible for me to step up and focus on the high scale solutions. I was not competitive for, you know, locals websites. I was not fast. Like my expertise was in solving very complex problems. So that's mm -hmm. kind of what I focused on. And like later on, as we kept scaling, uh, this inevitably led to high scale websites and high transactional websites. In most yep. cases, we were talking about publishers, especially ad revenue. This is kind of our one of our spe specializations is uh, you know, publishers with hundreds of millions of page views generating revenue from ads. So we do have AdOps department and stuff. And the other one is e-commerce, right? So money-making yeah. systems on top of on top of WordPress. So that's kind of how we entered the the WordPress market. 
then again, some of our clients were not publishers through commerce, but they also have other commerce systems. Uh, and we've also worked with some that are in the commerce space, but indirectly. Uh, one of the common examples is I spent a year and a half as a CTO of Grangeout, a California-based startup. Uh, I just left a couple, uh, three months ago or so, but I'm still in an advisory role and working day-to-day -day with them. Uh, yep. So they are one of the largest Amazon affiliate publishers. So they are a publisher, but their revenue comes from affiliate products on Amazon, right? So yep. that's how I gained a lot of exposure to Amazon directly and their business model, their red cards, and a lot of stuff happening in their ecosystem. Um, so with that in mind, I'm also working closely with a Shopify app that I'm uh, partially managing myself in, again, the Shopify space with many thousands of clients. So this really gives me a kind of broader sense of things. Now, as to what's happening in the space, the more conversations I have, the, the harder it is to actually get a, a clear picture of how much of that is uh, speculation, how much of that is just a market push, how much of that is investors squeezing businesses to reset and, yep. and just, you know, focus on profitability versus what's, what's happening in the real world. Uh, now, in my experience to date, at least, you know, speaking in, in May of 2023, uh, even though it's been roughly a year since the recession has begun to unfold, um, it's it's still fairly well balanced. Sales are still either going up or stable, and it's yeah. hard to see any proof of the space struggling. Uh, we're talking about Amazon GMV and reported GMV for Q1. We're talking about generic, you know, Shopify sales. We're talking about our customers and you know them growing revenue in different departments and in different areas. Uh, mm -hmm. Now there are, however, different interpretations for that because GMV goes up. You know, gross uh, merchandise value is going up, but also inflation has increased costs for certain products about 20% on average, right? So yep. you may actually decrease sales by 15%, but prices up 20% and you're still growing. And you're still good, yeah. Yeah, so it, it's it's important to, to dive deeper into data in order to figure out what's happening. At the same time, we see layoffs. Uh, I, I lost, you know... My dear colleagues and partners uh, got laid off from Amazon and Shopify, uh, and 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 you know it, it, we see just yesterday Shopify had another layoff of twenty percent of their staff, including some of their top engineers. Uh, yeah. And we see that's happening. Amazon is probably allegedly planning another layoff. Uh, so there's definitely movement in the space. What's about to happen and what's actually happening on the scale side is yet to unfold. I think. Yeah. I so layoffs is a is a good indicator of something uh, something happening. Uh, I don't always see that as an example of something uh, bad necessarily. Uh, I think it's oftentimes used by companies as a sort of a culling, mm. sort of a yeah. mechanism. Um, I I I give you an example. Uh, I've worked at a, a large company um, many many moons ago, where. Um, it was declared that there was going to be uh, a thousand people laid off. And I happened to know that the normal flow of people, and that was going to happen in a year. And I happened to know that the normal flow of people leaving the company was about a thousand people uh, per year. <laughs> so I was like, why are you announcing something that is naturally going to happen anyway? Uh, but they, they wanted to let go of uh, 2000 in total. So it's, it's a, right. 
there's a little bit of marketing and uh, optimization happening as well. And I think the, uh, uh, the recession as we're, as we're seeing it for however it is noticeable um, is also being misused here. Um, Cause I, I think that's just something naturally happening, but um, here's a conclusion um, with what you're saying. It almost sounds like, uh, using one of the hosted uh, solutions is probably more of a challenge than using something native inside of uh, inside of WordPress or so WooCommerce, for instance. Well, um, that this may or may not be true. Um, I, I actually had a, a few conversations with. Well, again, I'm going to take a step back. So first off, uh, Debrix partners up with several hosting providers, but we have our largest clients are hosted with Pagely. And mm -hmm. Pagely got uh, so to GoDaddy, and ever since we've also been exporting their hosted kind of commerce solution, right? We yep. also have customers who we've migrated off of uh, LiquidWeb, and again, no harm or anything to LiquidWeb, just again, that's kind of the, the term of events, and their e-commerce solution, I think it was Nexus or so. Uh, yep. We have tested out like DAO Engine and their offering. So there are different versions and variants of hosted WordPress and hosted WooCommerce in that particular case. Yeah. And and one of the the news that broke maybe a couple weeks ago is that WooCommerce is actively working on Woo Experts, I believe, which is their hosted WooCommerce experience. And yeah. and I got I got in touch. Well, they kind of connected with me, some, some of the Woo experts folks building the system to gain some insights on what's happening on the other side of the, the fence. And we've been having conversations and back and forth of what makes uh, some of the hosted platforms competitive. And and again, uh, yep. my well, most of my, I wouldn't say income, but most of my net worth comes from WordPress and I'm still biased in that. Um, however, I'm also trying to stay objective as to what's happening on the other side of the fence, right? Uh, we've lost clients as an agency to Webflow. Um, yep. It sucks, but in some cases, I can see how this may be an okay solution for a customer. In some cases, yep. it's merely marketing, but in some cases, it's it's well, you, like it Webflow makes more sense for you, right? So these no-code or hosted solutions, they also have some perks and. One example I'm going to give is one of the pains of being a plugin developer or a theme developer in WordPress is the limitation of the marketplace, the inability to sell through the marketplace, the yeah. public one, unless you're on theme forest, that's really painful. The lack of insights of what's happening in other tools. You may have a diagnostic step in your plugin, but you still need to ask your client to send it. You still have no idea who your client is whatsoever when they install your plugin. And that's absolutely ruining businesses. If you go yeah. to the Shopify side, the moment someone installs your app, first off, you probably are going to receive payment because it's completely legit and legal to get payments for your solution. You can mm -hmm. also charge subscription-based or volume-based based on sales and orders. You get access to who your client is, what's the store, when did they sign up, how old the yeah, store is, a... what Shopify plan they have, how many apps and which apps they're using, what integrations for different cases yeah. like email marketing and so forth, how many orders and how many, what was the volume of sales over the past 30 days. Yeah, like, yeah that's, know, a, that's, a, that's a treasure of information versus what you get from WordPress. Correct. Yeah, you, literally, you can build 
a myriad of businesses on competitive platforms just due to that information. That's utterly, completely impossible. With And the reason I'm sharing that is because it's public information. Like the moment you have an yep. app or a theme, you can see that. And that's what I share with, with experts. I'm like, this is the ecosystem that's going to build WooCommerce, plugin extension, whatever, developers and theme developers and incentivize them to grow that part of the market, right? Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, so you're, I'm translating this to um, essentially meaning, uh, yes, it may make a lot of sense to, yes, go with your owning your own data, have your own uh, store, um, WordPress, WooCommerce, um, and, and you can scale it and you can do whatever you like with it. There is just one big difference between that and uh, a host solution like Shopify. You have zero data to base on uh to use to base any decision on what to do with your product or how to optimize or you know what what even succeeds and why yeah that's an interesting point of view um that's that's why i enjoy having this conversation with you mario because uh, i like your point of views i like that you uh you take a step back and look at the larger thing because that that is essentially what your uh the content you're sharing uh, is also always about and uh, that's that's a smart approach to um and I guess it, 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 it also is because you, like you've said before, um, you've sort of detached yourself from uh, WordPress itself. Yes, mm -hmm. it's the main tool you work with, uh, your company does, um, but there's more in this world than just WordPress. Uh, and on that note, uh, note I, 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 you know, there's there's a lot of folks that want to solve everything inside of WordPress, mm -hmm. and and you know, if it's, it's, it's if it's a small playing paying client, maybe maybe you need to, maybe that is the way to go, but there's most certainly a case for where you're using different systems alongside WordPress, but it doesn't make sense to cramp everything in there that uh, you can possibly think of. So what what's a, what is a, what is the thing that the client suggested that you had to push back on? Like, no, no, we're absolutely not doing this in WordPress. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that's another great question. There are specific things, and I, I've actually been documenting part of that journey on my own blog, and I know I have specific examples for that on my own blog. I know that one of the systems is uh, a video hosting platform, right? If I need right. to rebuild YouTube, I would never use WordPress. No. It makes no sense. Like, I need to think of what does the CMS uh, include and kind of what's the core stack. So it is a content management system, and the video is content. Sure. But, you know, you also have comments, you have tools, you have pages, like lots of things you're not going to use. You have different users, you're probably not going to have roles, or maybe just, I don't know, admin, video uploader or something. Uh, the the UI, like the dashboard is going to be different. You can't control role. It, it's just, it's counter. You're going to use very, very few uh, aspects of WordPress for a video hosting platform. That's why I don't think it's a good idea. But when yeah. you think of, let's say, a TripAdvisor or so, well, it is a listing of journeys. It is a list of events. When you think of any other, uh, you know, uh, listing space, WordPress is a great fit, right? Uh, so it's more about, hey, if I build on top of WordPress, how 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 much time I'm going to save from just using custom post types and taxonomies and mm -hmm. the user roles and permissions and the baked-in admin panel and when creating a new type, being able to do some stuff. How many external integrations I'm going to need that I'm going to be easily connecting with a plugin and so forth. So I guess this is kind of the, the key thing. But one of the most important answers here is that 
times change and things change. And the more we, uh, I'm not going to say age, the more we, the, the wiser we get. <laughs> that's a, that's a we, nice workaround. <laughs> of course, uh, we we understand that you know there are ups and downs, and life is kind of moving in mysterious ways. So one example for that is because you said like in some cases it, it doesn't make sense cramping everything in one system. You can yeah. decouple. And I'm I'm working with a business right now that's trying to get everything modular, microservices, and different tools. And the Amazon cost is staggering. It's pretty high, and we've been. Going back and forth, it's really hard to rebuild anything that's in production. So it's it's kind of a painful approach. Uh, yeah. And and just the other day, um, I saw Amazon Prime, I believe, publishing a study that they went from a decoupled modular system to a monolith, kind of a single core fat application, and they saved ninety yeah. percent of their AWS costs. Amazon saved ninety percent of their AWS costs by wow. moving into a single app, right? And I was like, wow. well, that's one example of, you know, adhering to best engineering practices in the real world probably makes sense, but understanding that the real world is probably hosted on a cloud like AWS or Google Cloud yep. means that this may actually cost 10 times more expensive just because of how computing power and instances up and running and, and yeah, yeah. vertical scaling works, right? And yeah, I mean, it, it just that level of curiosity for me, just trying to understand the space and what's moving, how is, is you know, begging different questions of like, should we do that or not? And one example yeah. is we used to think in building horizontal systems, right? You need four web servers, two database servers, load balancer, blah, blah, blah. Now you can go to a mage host and say, okay, I'm not going to pay a thousand bucks. I'm going to pay 2000 bucks and I'm going to solve all that problems with one instance in the cloud. Yeah. And it's just a different mentality nowadays. Yeah, yeah. There's that's a that's a that's a great example of uh, uh, you always need to think about it smart. Like it, it's not a given. Um, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing to want to cluster everything in WordPress, but the the mindset where it it becomes a forced thing. I, I have to do this in WordPress because WordPress. Um, th that's never a good one, but. I'm, I'm still I'm still mulling over the ninety percent reducing. Uh, that is that is huge. Yeah. So out of I curiosity, that you you do a lot with Amazon, um, specifically AWS, or like what are the services you tend to use a lot inside of the uh, Amazon ecosphere? Uh, well, again, it's broad. We use different things. Um, I mean, we also close, we, we host some things on Cloudways ourselves and they got acquired yeah. by DigitalOcean. We have like maybe 30 droplets from DigitalOcean for different micro tools that we have. Uh, we do a lot of stuff on the agency side with uh, BigQuery uh, because okay. we spend some time on data engineering and data analytics and some data science. So BigQuery does really well with that. Uh, it can mm -hmm. be hooked to Google Data Studio, which is now uh, Looker Studio. And we also do a lot of that. Uh, AWS is kind of traditional in setting up EC2 instances with RDS for like some applications. Also, Pagely is a managed Amazon host. So that's why yeah. we kind of dive between different systems. Um, so, and, and yeah, that's kind of on the infrastructure end of things. And the other part is, again, when we do some stuff for Amazon in particular, as to integrations for Amazon and so forth, you naturally tend to lean to their yeah. cloud yeah. ecosystem. Are you are you using Cloudflare in in yeah. um, in in some of their innovative new ways like R two and uh, 
um, they have their, um, um, forgot the name, but they have a solution for their database as well. Uh, we mostly use, uh, we have different Cloudflare plans, including enterprise accounts with them for certain things. In most cases, it's, uh, you know, Cloudflare workers. We use them heavily for yep. uh, reverse proxies and all that. Um, they're, maybe, uh, mm -hmm. maybe explain a little bit what a Cloudflare worker is, because I think the vast majority of people listening have no clue what that is. Well, it, it is a script that you can kind of run on the fly as an intermediate layer that's doing some things on your behalf before the user request. Well, after the user request, before actually rendering the page. Yeah, so before it, it hits be, the server. Exactly. It could be pretty instrumental to uh, at changing certain behaviors of your website, including introducing context, understanding where you're coming from, introducing localization, or rendering different ads or different services, or even rendering completely different pages based on that. Uh, yeah. Additionally, it allows for loading different systems including different sites on a subdirectory, which is pretty hard to do on a hosting level in kind of most cases. Uh, a lot of the, the web application uh, firewall is pretty powerful and resilient. The CDN is pretty robust and broad, so it, it handles yeah. quite a lot of load. There's image optimization, tools like Broadly that you can embed. I mean, it's a pretty diverse ecosystem. I don't claim I'm on expert in all of that, uh, but it solves a lot of problems for us for like, hey, let's detach these scripts on the fly and improve performance, or let's contextualize and understand where what's that customer, yeah. where they're coming from, where should we point them real time. So your your stacks are, in, in that regard, uh, as, as multifaceted and layered as they can be, um, from WordPress to the different types of tools that uh, are working alongside WordPress, but also on the stack that you are uh, either on EC2 or combined with Cloudflare and everything. So that the reason I'm asking is like, so how do you maintain, you, you said you have about uh, 45 uh, uh, folks working with you. Um, how do you maintain the level of, of knowledge within uh, such a large and diverse systems of, of systems that you're using? Um, I, I don't pretend to know everything. Um, I have general knowledge of a lot of things. I mm -hmm. read, I work with the people working on projects. I try to fill in some gaps by reviewing what people have done and how. I also touch base with other people in the ecosystem, like other agencies or other businesses, figuring out what they do and how they do in order to figure out which tools make sense or services and which don't. So it's yep. kind of an aggregated knowledge of, hey, I've done that myself for over a decade, and then I've been building teams doing that for another decade and more. So, so how, how do you make sure the team understands what you understand? Like, or like if, if, some, if two engineers are working on a project and they set up this particular combination of all the tools, how do you make sure that two other engineers that are working on a different project that end up using the, I don't know, half of, the, of those tools are using the same type of uh, best practices and stuff? Well, in reality, I probably fail half of the time, but it's just impossible <laughs> to scale in reality, right? Uh, yeah. It's mostly, I mean, it, it's kind of a combination of aggregated knowledge, right? I mean, it's, it's public information of what other people are working on. You can review a stack, like there are other people, like we have a CTO in-house, we have two technical leads. So, yep. you know, people in charge of transferring 
transferring that knowledge horizontally and making sure that people are aware of what we can use and kind of what's the best tool for four specific projects i'm also involved like especially kind of building a long-term roadmap or like a three-month plan of like what are we going to do or a migration we just do broader meetings with more people like hey what's the best service we can use or like hey does it make sense migrating to that so in most cases we try to you know, both document and, and expose that knowledge publicly and have other people who coordinate that work among people. In mm-hmm. lots of cases, I'm personally involved myself in just high-level strategy meetings. But again, it, it's it's not like communication doesn't get lost in the way, right? We probably use, I don't no, know, no, five different quiz plugins or, I don't know, I'm going to say slider plugins, but we don't do sliders. But you get the point. Like, there, there's more <laughs> yeah. optimization that would happen for sure, but we're focusing on the high impact initiatives yeah yeah you don't do sliders i wonder why <laughs> because of the great user experience yeah 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 because of the high interaction and engagement uh, you see All the measurably <laughs> users. Yeah. yeah that's a that's a if, if if you're not aware and you're listening to this and you go like what's wrong with sliders um there's a there's a nielsen study years ago which essentially says that anybody thinking uh, folks interact with sliders on your website is what one percent of the total yeah, audience, something like that. Something yeah. like that. It's ridiculously low. Um, yeah. So, and okay, I, I have a I have a different question. Um, you work with uh, a very broad sense of uh, understanding tech. Um, if we're bringing that back to WordPress, um, what are what are the things you're most excited about that is inside of WordPress now? Um, like, what what excites you to still work with WordPress after all these years? Honestly, nothing new whatsoever. Uh, I I like what excited me five years ago is still here, and that's definitely the problem. Well, just resilience of the system. Yeah, uh, the ability to scale like specific markets and segments like publishing, how hard it is to, you know, take over that market share by anyone just because of the broad plugin adoption and demand adoption, yeah. that kind yeah. of stuff. But again, the problem is that the problems I was having five years ago are still here. And what, in what the kind meantime, of we, well, I mean, it is a pretty broad, endless list. Um, I mean, where, 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 where <laughs> should I? No, I mean yeah. I'm not. It's it's not like I'm hiding anything from anyone or something. So no, no, no. But like, give me give me three examples of stuff that you uh, you're referring can, to here. I can do my top thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Quitter admin panel is is just horrible. It's the dashboard from like twenty uh, from two thousand and six. It should be changed asap. Like it's just unfriendly. People hate it. It's one of the, one of the top three reasons why people avoid WordPress for a new website or a build, it's just like, nope, that's too complicated. So that should go certain tools. Just as links disappeared as a core component many years ago, I believe that yeah. you know most menus should disappear, like tools, uh, uh, comments, menus perhaps. Menus should disappear? I mean, like the WordPress admin dashboard, the admin, the left admin bar, right? Oh, okay, just yeah, tools, the menu itself. Tools, yeah. like who needs yeah. tools? Like just, no. Who, who goes to tools unless you want to export or import some content? No. You, um, you probably do it once. Exactly. And you can just put it as a link in, under settings as everything yeah. else. Comments, I don't think we use comments actively, and that's been the case for years. We just 
I mean, even if you do, it's probably a plugin territory and lots of other cases, right? Um, the, the editorial experience, Gutenberg is ex accessibility problems. That's a major one. Uh, yeah. Mapping what you see in the back end to what you see in the front end is just, nope, it's completely different. All the patterns and kits and everything else going on, they just don't work as advertised. You can import something as a kit and it looks nothing alike. And that's a major problem unlike what you see in any other hosted system whatsoever. Like you just set up yeah. a site, a page, it just works pronto. Um, yeah. so, so these are some of the kind of key components. The adoption of new users, back in the day, bloggers were the people who were blogging hacking on WordPress, and then bloggers become people in companies and they introduce WordPress either on the tech side or become yeah. marketing majors and directors and they bring WordPress. Now, who's bringing WordPress to the workplace? I don't think that anyone is. And I think state of the world or so that I listened to Matt and, and I mean, that's one of the common questions, like how, what do we do for kids that who are supposed to be the next WordPress adopters? Because like, well, we are building Tumblr. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> first that's off. That's not really answering the question, yeah. Yeah, first off, I've never really seen a real person in real life using Tumblr. Uh, that's, I know there are tens of millions of people. I know, I know people. about a handful, there, there are some, but yeah. Please, I need an introduction to someone using Tumblr. Uh, but like, literally, I don't know a single person using I'm not kidding. I mean, I may be living in a bubble. I, I just don't. And and that's a problem. Like, if I'm, I see kids, kids are using TikTok, Snapchat, YouTube, Instagram. I get yeah. that, like, or whatever, right? I've never seen anyone using Tumblr. That's just a fact. And, and and that's oddly concerning if the future of WordPress and adoption of kids is Tumblr, Tumblr needs to step up their game for sure. And uh, yeah, so I mean, lots of this, but yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, Matt has indicated that he wanted to move Tumblr to uh, be fully WordPress-based. Um, I don't know where that is in, in terms of uh, intent and, and, and timeline and stuff, but is that something that would solve it if, if we're... Or... So, yeah, is that is, is that is that something that is changing the future? Um, I actually thought that it's already mostly on WordPress, but it's not. So oh, I guess if, you're if behind it, on. Maybe I am behind. I don't know. Um, no, no, no. I I thought it it already migrated, but I'm just looking on there. Uh, no, actually, Tumblr.com says it's running on WordPress. Yeah, maybe it isn't. It's probably on WordPress already. Yeah, I think it's on oh, WordPress okay. already. I, I have missed that. But, but, but so that will your, solve some of the problem. Yeah, but to your point of how is that changing, I, I you need to ask some of the people who have used Tumblr because I just I, don't I, know that. I, don't I need have to get somebody from Tumblr on the podcast is what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's actually going to be helpful because... Again, I mean, I, I understand if people get excited about WordPress, but we've also seen, hey, Twitter sucks. Let's go to Mastodon. How many people yeah. are using Mastodon now, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's, you pick up a way. management will, will always prompt those types of movements. But uh, so uh, the founder, the, 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 the founder of Wikipedia, I believe, created WT Social as in like a free Wikipedia or something like that, or another yeah. social network several years ago, I signed up, it was even a paid system and it died, right? So yeah. lots of attempts, but not a lot of successful ones. No. The, you're, you're touching on a, on a point that's been raised uh, in, in this podcast a few more times. The, 
how do we get new users inside of WordPress? Uh, and not just users, but developers and such. Uh, are you seeing uh, that becoming a difficult thing to do, finding folks that know how to code inside of WordPress and or and or are not running away from it at the, at the same time? Well, personally, I've been having troubles finding PHP developers for probably eight years now. That's one thing. Now, yeah. one may argue that WordPress is a lot more JavaScript. I would say that it's still... I know 30% JavaScript perhaps now yeah. or so, but yeah. it's just not primarily JavaScript. We need to be realistic about that. Mm -hmm. um, so so that has been a growing problem. WordPress and Laravel are the two systems, and maybe Symfony and Zen, but I'm, I'm not really sure, are the systems that are keeping PHP alive for the most part, but it's, it's just not yep. a trendy language. So first off, we have uh, an advertising issue with uh, PHP because the way it works is, you bring developers to the workspace by incentivizing schools and universities to teach programming language. That yeah. incentivization normally happens by Oracle and Microsoft going to universities and saying, we have a gazillion jobs opening and partnerships yeah. and stuff. So and they're not talking about PHP. Yes, because again, Oracle owns Java and Microsoft owns yep. C Sharp. And that's what you normally see in high schools and universities because they're highly progressive jobs or the trendy things like Python due to the fact that AI has a pretty decent adoption on Python systems. Uh, yep. and Python is fine, but there's no community or so whatever, anything uh, incentivizing universities and schools to teach more PHP, right? And, and that's a problem for the technical adoption. That's one thing. Uh, WordPress and Laravel are not doing a lot for teaching PHP whatsoever. Uh, I mean, Laravel is, but it's not large enough for community. So that's no. one problem on the technical end. Then you have the user end. Now, I firmly believe that most people and the, our audience, like our persona, is actually uh, 35 to you know 45, 50 years old marketing major slash directors who start a new job over the past three to six months. So they're new yeah. on a job in a small team of themselves and maybe one other person, high expectations to achieve both short-term and long-term. They need an entire team assembled. They can't hire six people unrealistic, but they have a budget for uh, you know, 80, 100 hours, 10 or an hour end to build everything for them and keep them yeah. growing employed, right? Uh, so our audience being the new adopters of WordPress are normally 35 to 45 means that people 25 and younger normally, I mean, they're not necessarily management yet, but they're not normally exposed to WordPress in the same way. They're not former bloggers, Correct. or if they are, they go to, again, Webflow or Wix or Squarespace or Weebly or any other two that also does blogging, or they're just on Twitter and Facebook and, and Instagram, and they think that blogging is Instagram captions, which is yeah. actually a thing. Lots of people do that. And I'm, it's scary, but they do. Don't, don't get me started on that one. I've n That's never made any sense in my head. Yeah, it's I mean, not nope. it's not, you can't find it. It's, there's no, no formatting, nothing. I've, um, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's a solid point. And the more I go, the, like the more I've like extracted myself out of the WordPress bubble, I see that people are like, why are you even blogging? Like what, why does that make sense? I'm like, well, yeah. my tweet will disappear next week. And, but my post coping over my long tweet is going to be here for the next six years. Yeah. See the difference? Like the business that I get is not from the tweet; it's from the tweet uh, making itself immortal <laughs> and yeah, then yeah, combining yeah. with with two hundred yeah. other tweets. Like that's the difference we are talking about here. 
but people so, don't get it. So could you could you would you agree that we can sort of say that the 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 rise of uh, other social media platforms such as Twitter and then the features that Twitter starts, especially now in 2023, uh, the features that the new features that we're seeing, like longer texts and all that, would you would you agree that that's a thing that you could say is starting to threat WordPress? Mm, take a look at the WordPress market share. It's been flat for the past, I think, two years. Now it used to be growing two to three percent a year, yeah, and it's, then it's, it reached about threatening. forty. Yeah, and it reached forty-four point something percent. Now it's forty-three point one or so, right? So it's been flat for the past two years, even slightly declining. Now mm -hmm. my explanation again is there are no people to bring WordPress to the workplace, and also large numbers means that WordPress has broad adoption for because. Like .NET and Java probably have, I know, 1% market share, but they own enterprises. So yeah. the, the, the revenue generated from them is 100 times what WordPress generates. So we also need to make a difference. But looking into a dipping uh, market share means that new users and starter websites are not built on WordPress. They're actually built on Webflow or other yeah. tools if websites well, are built at all. Whatever is hip, yeah. Yeah, well, the, the Super Bowl, they they had another ad of Squarespace, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, possibly I missed that, but uh, yeah, yeah, they had one they had one several years ago with Keanu Reeves. And I they remember had that one. One now with I I forgot the actor's name, but it was also like the Mr. Smith type of, of situation. So they're making that popular for people watching Super Bowl. And Super Bowl is something that people watch with their kids because it's a big enough of an event and they have, a, yeah. I mean, lot, lots of things happening there. So it's not the social media changes. It's the, what is the thing that is holding us back then? Why, why are we seeing this, this happening? Because it can't be just uh, the exposure in, in large media campaigns, or is it? Is that, is that the problem we're seeing? It's many problems. Once again, social media definitely facilitates that. People are communicating yeah. quickly, more rapidly, and get getting information there. Um, I think, like Google just announced, and that's due to OpenAI, but Google's traffic dipped as well. Maybe 1% or 2%, but, but it's a major thing. So kids are not yeah. Googling as much. We also need to be aware of that. They are searching on TikTok, which is a fact. TikTok is a search engine now. I know, um, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there's also advertising because we don't see WordPress advertising whatsoever. There's the technical adoption of people building solutions for WordPress. There's the uh, reluctancy to the WordPress ecosystem to promote paid uh, themes and plugins. Now, again, a premium Shopify theme is about $250 to $300, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a fortune, but it's still five times more expensive than most TeamForest teams, right? So it yeah. makes sense when it's hosted on their marketplace, it makes sense to promote that. And when you take a look at WordPress.com, it's fine to buy premium teams there, but it's not on WordPress.org. So I understand it's free and community and stuff. I'm not saying that WordPress should be all premium. No, don't get me wrong. But there's no chance to develop a thriving ecosystem of Indies and agencies yeah. and small shops if you yeah. Yeah, yeah. prevent them from monetizing. So... That you're essentially saying it's a multifaceted beast of uh, problems, which all together culminate in the fact of we're not seeing growth because we're not growing. 
because we're not helping um, from onboarding to understanding to innovating to like the whole thing. There's so how how much of a problem is that? Like, are you are you experiencing it in the negative form other than um, observing the fact? Personally, again, we work on high profile systems, meaning that normally sites that have been up and running for six, seven, eight years, right? Yeah. So we, even if that happens, we're still going to be five years behind or more. Similar right. to banks still use Cobo and Fortran, right? Cobo, yeah. <laughs> they died 40 years ago, but I mean, there are still systems written. So personally, I'm not necessarily experiencing that besides hiring, right? Hiring is just a problem. But yep. but yeah, it is. I, I believe it's it's uh, you know the old adage of uh, death by a thousand cuts. Uh, you can't yeah. kill one system that owns 44 percent of the universe with one thing. Like you can't slap it with a lawsuit. It's open source. You can't tax it so that it's uh, so. It is a death by a thousand cuts. It needs to be approached by lots of competitors tackling different segments. Each one grabbing a little bit. Uh, introducing something that's a little better and all of them kind of uniting themselves around that for the most part. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I think is happening. Uh, and again, when I take a look, Webflow is not, I mean, not, I'm not, I kind of get Webflow, but it's, but Wix and Squarespace and Weebly, they don't look bad. They are simplified, lots of themes. Themes actually look like what's advertised. Have you seen the WordPress yeah, theme yeah, space? Yeah. It yeah. sucks. It's boring. You don't get templates there. They're not accepted the review process hasn't changed in 12 years and yeah. yeah if i'm again if i had the magic wand of like just be, being the josepha of, of wordpress i would change a lot of things and they're not going to harm any open source users it's just going to be here's the vetted space of premium teams and points like yeah. totally fine like use all the freebies you've got but there's a premium oh by the way there's an enterprise tier because guess what shopify has a shopify plus or pro uh, plus that starts at 2000 bucks a month right mm -hmm. so to say there's the nine dollars a month or nine or whatever but there's the 2000 plus so we have a completely different marketplace for you guys they're vetted they go through review you know rigorous review process they get badges for that they have compliance issues oh, and there, blah 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 there's money for it as well if you uh if you know if, if you're charging that 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 type of money you can hire people to actually do the vetting and and stuff uh, and it doesn't need to fully resolve on uh, on on the availability of either people fully volunteering or automatic in most cases uh, um, footing the bill for the um, the employment uh, in those areas. Is, yeah. Is it is it though? How much of the team review process is automatic? I'm not sure. How no, much not, of the not, not review, review itself, but but uh, the whole maintenance of of dot org. Um, well, it's as it's far not. As I know. It's not quite open source. I mean, it, it's allegedly open source. It's just exposed some pieces of the product that are yeah, created no, by automatic. I'm not specifically uh, referring to the software itself, but the, the the domain, the site, and everything that goes with it. Uh, as far as I know, that is, for the most part, serviced by uh, either um, folks from Aubrey Capital, which is uh, Mass yeah. Investing mm -hmm. uh, Company. Uh, as well as automatic, and um, for the rest, a, a handful of, um, of of volunteers. And I may be off here in, in, in the exact metrics, but uh, your point of um, you know 
this, these are the things that we need to change if we're going to make this a successful thing. Um, is, I think they're very valid points. I think we are in a time where the, um, yeah, the whole, including commercial entities and methods and ways onto .org is um, definitely not hurting the open source um, principle that, that, that's behind it. Um, I think you make a very good point there, very valid. I, I think if you try to segment the key market players in the web space, and it, it's yeah. hard because they're not exactly by revenue or post size or anything like that, but I would say, roughly speaking, right, you have e-commerce, you have publishing as actual publishers, then you have small yeah. starter websites, portfolio websites and blogs, then you have the enterprise um, enterprise systems, like what Java and .NET systems normally do. Then you yeah. have hosted systems, right? So if you take a look at that broader scope, and there there are other aspects and segments here, like like the government space, which Drupal, for example, works yeah. well with. But but so publishing space, WordPress still dominates. All right, cool. E-commerce space, dubious. WooCommerce has pros and cons. Works fine, not quite. There's also Shopify and BigCommerce and all the others. So it still has some ownership, but not exactly because Shopify has. Uh, four and a half million stores. So just just yeah. context, that's kind of important. And they're actually generating revenue. So so shopping space, all right. Small blogs and portfolios and five-page websites. Webflow, Wix, Squarespace, and whatever it is, uh, Weebly, and other systems, they are crushing it there. There are tools like Card with two or three hours, I'm not sure, popping up and like, yep, you have a site, like $9 a month, hosted, web, yeah, 3D, yeah. template, blah, 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 right? Lots of these systems eating that small space. Then you have the high enterprise space where you see, well, we have ESOC compliance and 17 other types of compliances that you're not necessarily passing or open source seems hacky because we read security reports all the freaking time. And also the yep. PHP stack doesn't make sense because you're either Microsoft backed corporation with, you know, ESO licenses uh, or, or you know, Java kind of ran Oracle organization with Oracle Service. So enterprise space, not yep. very well served. Then the hosted space, like again, the Shopify's and Webflows. It's hosted WordPress besides WordPress.com, which I don't find very appealing, or uh, that new e-commerce system that are evolving now like Woo Expert. So what I'm saying is when you take a look at the main markets, you see a lot of clear competition, maybe even doing better and growing faster. Yeah. Uh, and that should be ringing some bells in the right places from where I stand at least. Yeah. I, I... I, I probably need to digest it a little bit more and do my own research in this, in, in the in the broad sense of, of the topics that you um, you touch. But uh, from my gut feeling, I, I I'm saying you're you're right. You're you're making a strong case of why this um, this year is the year to pivot to change. There I mean, are not, pivot is a big word, but but change into a direction where growth. Uh, is is the first thought instead of an afterthought. I even think that there are some ecosystems that are not that weren't even available previously, and now they are. Uh, so on on the one hand, we have communities. Uh, yes, we have BuddyPress and maybe maybe BuddyBots. We many some of these sites, but you also yeah. have Circle communities and uh, Kitchen.co and others that yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty well. And yeah. pretty resilient and stable and so forth. Notification is a great example of a community. 
It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so this is one example of underserved communities that we never really got adoption to, and we can. Another example is actual web apps with actual web experience and looking into Bubble. Bubble yeah. is now they they had some pricing issues. They just ten x prices and stuff. So that's I think they still a different have story. that pricing issue. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they still, but they're probably going to normalize, and they have eighteen months yeah. transition period. But um, so Bubble, you can actually build extremely beautiful charts and wizards and like next, next, next outstanding look and feel with no code, like something that I yeah. cannot achieve in WordPress without lots of custom work at the office. I cannot yeah. achieve that. I agree. Uh, we've actually, we've actually had that comment for Webflow. Like, yeah, how do you do with transitions and animations and like uh, the uh, parallaxes of like one component yeah. moving as you keep scrolling? They're like, it's a default in Webflow. It's like, you just drag it there and yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, well, we don't. So Bubble is one thing. And even if it's not Bubble, there's Softer and there's uh, Framer, or like a bunch of these other tools that are no code. And again, cost like 15 bucks a month with hosting. And, and you can build yourself and connect to Airtable, which is free and have a database, which is free online. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy <clears throat> what you can do with no code uh, or low code, whatever. Yeah, and, and, and that's that's the thing of, yeah, we are using WordPress. I still prefer that the businesses that we are serving on stuff is WordPress. But, like, who's sleeping on what's actually happening over the past, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight years, right? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And, so and again, just, just as a kind of side note, that's not to say, you know, WordPress is dying, you know, next year there's no WordPress. That's, that's, that's not the case. WordPress... Yeah, the second largest CMS or so has like 2% market share and WordPress has 43. There's yeah. a pretty broad gap out there, right? Uh, but but we, yeah, we need can to be dying for 30 community. years and they still wouldn't have caught up. Exactly. But but it's it's almost like the global warming, right? It's happening, but it's happening in like 200 years. So we yeah. there's a lot we can do. There's time for us to do the right thing. But we also need to work a lot more as a community to step up and just be work together towards solving most of these problems and it's kind of a sense of apathy or like soul player attitude right now going on yeah yeah so i, I was going to ask you uh, an ending question but uh, you asked it yourself and answered it yourself already um what is the <laughs> positive note? yeah what is the positive <clears throat> note here what is what, what are the so as a final question um what are the things to focus on if you are inside the WordPress bubble and you want to explore the, the possibilities the world presents? Like what, what are your two, just two, what are your two biggest tips that you can give people? You, you, you can't limit me to two, but the two things, okay, the two things, the two things. Okay, the two things are first off, uh, WordPress is a great framework. I just think it's not advertised as such. And Matt tried mm. to do that many years ago, like WordPress transition from a blogging platform to a CMS to an application framework, right? Yeah. So there's a reason why headless web applications often build on top of WordPress, because you like if you're a publisher, great platform. If you're, again, lots of uses for WordPress as a content entry backend system. Mm -hmm. just not necessarily fast enough or flexible enough for the front end. So uh, considering that WordPress may take different shapes and forms over the next years is a great tip, especially if you learn JavaScript deeply or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, and, 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 and just accept that you may end up connecting lots of different tools and systems as a headless app, as a React app on top of WordPress and all that. That's kind of the one thing. And the second yeah. thing is there are still some strives to make WordPress better, like Gutenberg. If Gutenberg works, it's perfect. It just doesn't, and it's been five years. Uh, or the full site editing. Theoretically, again, if it works, technically you drag something and you edit it and it's actually there and it saves and it doesn't overwrite itself, great. So some of these things may really... Uh, wipe out some of that self-code uh, market. So those are the two things. And again, keep in mind that many of these competitive businesses are funded startups. So they work with money thrown out of thin air and yeah, like, yeah, from yeah. the sky. And now money yeah. is kind of over for a while. That's why yeah. Bubble tools like Bubble introduced 10x pricing changes and so forth. So yeah. we may see a Glide as well. Mm -hmm. yep. Glide so, is yeah. also doing that, that thing. Yeah. So, so those, those are two done. good tips. Those are two two good tips, and um, yeah, I think you've shared a a lot of insight in 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 uh, from a very different perspective than uh, than most people inside the WordPress ecosphere, uh, and I want to thank you for that. Uh, I appreciated uh, you jumping on, uh, taking the time of uh, booking what, what was it three the, the equivalent of three meetings in your calendar today, uh, something like that. Three to four three meetings yeah. and the gap and the thirty minute gap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So most excellent. Thank you, Mario. Uh, it's been a pleasure. And um, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks again for having me. And uh, let's, uh, let's meet next time with 50% market share, okay? Uh, let's go for that.